Hello, Charmers. This is Matt here. I'm on the road and I'm at Gems Fest this year. And for the first time ever, I'm actually going to be recording some interviews with some of the amazing people behind this project. And luckily enough, I was able to get in contact with the man who's behind this whole thing, the person who brought us all together here in Chicago. Jorge, Jorge, welcome to the podcast. Um, can you guys start off? Tell me about like the history of Gems, of Gems your label, and uh, what kind of brought you to wanting to make a show about it, like actually bringing a festival to the people. Uh, Gems is about a decade old, actually. And um, I started, it, it was a secondary label to a label I did called Nail in the Coffin Records. And I took a break from that, wanted to start something up a little bit different, got going, took a break for many years, and then basically came back doing um, a lot of black metal stuff. And um, so I think about four years ago is when I came back and, you know, started doing things like um, worked with Holder or, uh, you know, Vide and um, did some stuff with Commodus and, you know, just like things like that. And then slowly Satan came in and, and Pierce Gun stuff. But there's a lot of bands that are just bedroom diva bands, you know, mm -hmm. they're just record on the phone put the music out on the phone yeah <laughs> accrue money through the phone like it's, it's all band camp and youtube right absolutely absolutely and um no one's no one's taken that extra step to to grow you know outside of their bedroom or even showcase anything live and i think it just got to a point with me where i was like there's so much cool shit going on let's try to force this to happen let's literally do what we can and um, just laid on the, the table, you know, like, like there's so many labels out there. There's so many sick labels, but they don't do anything but create revenue for themselves. And whatever I buy from those labels, you know? Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. There's, there's, I mean, there's hundreds of labels out there, but, and that's what originally drew me to gems fest. And like, I think the Chicago scene in general is there is this like movement or moment that's happening where this music is finally reaching a live crowd. Like, I remember like as a kid and as like an early fan of this genre of genres like Puddle Slime who just played, like Love Tracks, like all of this variety of music. When I listen to it, I'm like, this is cool. I'm never going to get to see this live. And I remember leaving last year's festival. I like I was shook because live music has been my is like my inroad to like community and culture. And you brought the community I'd found as an adult to the live stage. And it's so fucking it's amazing. And. Thank you. And so what what made you kind of like pick Chicago? What brought you the festival here? Um, what kind of connections you have? And how did you come around to picking the bands who you'd get to play live? Or did you have to kind of fight to see who would be willing to do it? Um, so initially, uh, Chicago, I used to live here. I owned a tattoo shop here for years and um, did a lot of stuff up here. And uh, it just, it's so native to me. And it felt very central to a lot of people to like, oh, yeah, we'll go to Chicago, you know, like, yeah, we'll go do that. So um, that's why I picked the location. And as far as the bands go, again, it was a matter of like festering, like, like trying to get this thing to create. And so it was a matter of starting very early on the fest and seeing what I could plant and create in these people like, hey, think you could go live. Do you think we could do this? Do you think if I gave you nine months, we could do this? You know, like, so that is how Satan, um, Vampirska, and uh, who else? Who else? Um, 
was last year. Vi- Black, Vi- <laughs> Vi- Black Knight. Black. Well, Black, Black Knight is an oh, avid yeah. play, and they're they're out doing some killer shit right now. Big banging shows. Um, I thought that was sick, but um, but yeah, that that was it. Where I was like, oh, let's. If I give you guys a date, can we have a live version of this? Because I want this. This is, and, and that's a point where it becomes simply ego. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want this, so this would be cool. This is something I want to see, and I hope people want to see that too. You know, and and I think they did. I mean, bands like Satan. I, I mean, they, I don't want to harp on them too much, but like specifically last year, same with Van Priska and Vide. When they played, I knew it was a debut performance. Like in my head, I knew that I'm like, oh, I gotta film this, I gotta capture this. And then they played like they had been on a stage for years. I've seen bands who have toured the country, have toured the world, who didn't put on nearly the same kind of authentic, intense, and be- and amazing performances than bands like that. I agree, hundred um, percent. I mean, uh, Van Pierska was so wonderful, and the the amazing thing about them is they never practiced. Holy shit! They didn't what? practice at all. They practiced by themselves, and we're just like, let's nail this, and they nailed it. Yeah. Oh my god, that that's even more unfathomable. <laughs> that's what I was like. Ooh, is this gonna be not good? And then they played, and I was like, how can I doubt Hundo? Like, yeah. he's his drumming skills is kind of out of this world right now. Like for the age he is and where he's at, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't even know where he's going to be in five years from now. Like, so. Yeah. That's how I feel about all of these bands. And I think, and I see again, like to, to see it live mm-hmm. at a festival, at a day where they're all coming together, it, it allows, I think the community to kind of breathe that in. Yeah. Again, that was the, the whole thing too, is to like, Hey, we're all buttonheads online, yeah. which is nothing. Let's, manifest this into physicality let's all smell each other's bo let's fucking spit in each other's faces when we're yelling over the band like saying what up let's fucking do that like let's not harp on each other online about an obi strip you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like oh you recorded this or like why'd you release your music for free right. like didn't you only do tapes yeah, yeah yeah exactly so so that is the simplicity of it um, this year was so much more difficult and different because I couldn't pull those bands out to like manifest them out of their bedrooms. Okay. And there were a handful that were very close to being able to do it. And hopefully next year those bands will be able to do it. Um, such as Woe Bather. And, oh, man. oh and, shit. And there was, that, that he was going to be like one of the, the bangers, yeah. you know, and that, which was, I mean, Whoa, baby. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, sang- Sanguine Wounds as well. Oh. Um, yeah, so. And- that would have, lo- I would have, it's one of those bands, again, I listen to and I'm like, I don't think you're real. Yeah. Like, like I'm never going to see you live. This yeah. is a really cool project. Yeah. yeah, Sanguine Wounds. She, again, is like one of those people where it's like, kind of everything you do is pretty fucking good. Yeah. It's like, you're either really good or you're good. You mm-hmm. don't suck ever. Like, no, so, yeah. and that's, uh, yeah, so I know her her next album that will be out next year. That's I'm really hoping that we get that out and we get her here. We make this thing happen. We have some other big things bubbling that I don't want to talk about that I'm hoping happen and a split with a really large project and things oh, like fuck. that. Yeah, I'll I'll kill yeah. it if I say it yeah. out loud. It's not manifested fully. Um, but that's the whole thing is as I just couldn't get these bands to be I'm like, hey can we do this in 10 months, you know? Because yeah. I started in November of last year putting this lineup together and it was like pulling teeth. Wow. Like, yeah, and I don't know what, what happened within that 
that just a year of people being like yeah like amped up and maybe it was just a simple money thing like mm -hmm. the money has drastically changed for everyone in the past year you know the bubbles popped on all the covid money oh, so yeah. you know no one's got extra money and um you see little labels like me folding right and left right now you know there's been a lot of them going down what, what what's been helping you stay alive i mean like is it's a thing yeah you see it all the time i'm always wondering like when am i going to stop seeing releases from this band i mean we almost lost ivoid hanger and i know that's that's less from money and more from health right. and like there's like all these other small like indie labels that just kind of come and go like yeah. what do you have to do to stay alive in this world because i think most people don't I mean, people see the bands, right? They listen to Satan, they listen to Vampirska, but like, like as a person who's behind the scenes, who's like keeping this like a label alive, what's that like right now? Uh, <laughs> juggling. That's, that's that's literally what it's like, juggling. But um, gems, gems is me, and I am gems, and there's that there will always be money for gems. If yeah. gems goes broke, then I go make more money tattooing, and then I put out a new record and. That's what happens because it is that's what it is like it doesn't matter if i make money or not i fucking don't make money on shit all the time like and i don't give a fuck you know like i mean that's what we do with this podcast like i mean the, the last thing from our mind here is to make money like the only thing that i think a lot of us and i can speak i feel like i can speak for my co-host here is that like we do this because we want someone to be talking about the shit we find interesting right right i yes like um that person deserves people's attention you exactly. know and yeah. and and um the taylor swifts or even the ghost or whatever mm -hmm. like they have the platform like they're given the platform but it's been flattened everyone's on instagram you know yeah. so everyone's there and it's a matter of i guess just like hey again let's manifest this in the physical realm you know so um, no but like so so let's let's uh, follow-up question i don't want to take too much of your time yeah um as you mentioned you're a tattoo artist yeah. and like the the world of like tattooing and black metal and metal and, and music in general has always been connected did you find your inroads into like doing label work and working with bands like through your tattooing or is it just something that kind of like came out of your creative like expression like being in the creative world um no uh, <laughs> uh i was i started my first record label like tape label when i was like 12 13 years old holy shit yeah, in the 90s um, so um no but i was drawing those tape covers mm -hmm. for my bands and my friends punk bands and uh, that that is how it started from the record label and the art I did from the record labels. And I think about 10 years later, I started tattooing when I was 21 or 22. Yeah. So. How, how has that been? Is like, I mean, the tattooist, like, I can imagine being a record label doing, trying to put on live shows, but also being a tattooist in the last couple of years with like COVID and everything that's been going on. What's what's that world like? And, and shout out your art, man. Tell people where they can find you, where they can where they can come and get tattooed. Because you, I will say, independently, you have sick art. Oh, I genuinely, <laughs> I'm covered in tattoos. I love tattoos. I travel to get them, and your art is fantastic. So like, I would love for the charmers out there to try to find your art too, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can just Jorge Tapia tattoos on Instagram. It's that simple. That's that's really how I promote. That's it. I don't I don't even promote locally. It's by word of mouth, and um, everyone promotes now, and it's yeah. You know, like not promoting is a promotion. <laughs> yeah, I guess it, it's sit, it's sitting in, in opposition to like what has become like the necessity of the modern day in a sense. Yeah, yeah, and that's I, I I'm so and I come from the old school, so mm -hmm. like physical flyers, physical cassettes, like 
I, I that is an issue with me that I don't really care about online stuff. <laughs> and I know it's there, like it's there, it's real, you know, yeah. it's tangible, and I I get it. But um, but again, it's just I'm stuck in the '90s, and I don't care to leave it. And I'm gonna take you guys with me. So I mean, and and and, and we're all happy for it. And I think I think because of that mentality, we ended up getting Gems Fest last year. We got Gems Fest this year. We're going to get Gems Fest next year. And we are going to be here. I'm going to be here every fucking year. I know, I got friends upstairs. I got friends coming along. So, oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you this, yeah. Everything. You've definitely, your word of mouth has been, has contributed to this drastically, I believe. So Thank you so much. Thank you. That's that's the goal of this podcast. So, everyone, this has been Jorge. This is Gems Fest. Um, find, go to my YouTube channel at Dr. Gore Wizard Archives to see the videos I take of the show. I just recorded the entirety of Puddle Slime set. Uh, I'm going to get some other interviews and some other videos here tonight. Uh, if there's anything else anywhere you want to direct people, Jorge, uh, or just check out Gems Label, check out all the bands on the set. Follow along, listen to us all, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I don't have a whole lot more to say. I'm kind of fried right now. Not <laughs> not not the way I want to be, but <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, and I we have a wonderful night. I'm gonna see you up there, man. Thank you. Oh, yeah, all right, everybody, I'm here with another interview from Gems Fest. I am joined this time by Puddle Slime. Puddle Slime just put on an outstanding set for all of us here at Gems Fest. They play a fantastic combination of slime and synth. I'm joined by Rose and Winter. Uh, Rose, this is your project in winter. You played alongside Rose tonight here at Gems Fest, so you guys did a killer job. Um, if you want to introduce and tell people why they should check out Puddle Slime, how would you tell them to do so? Thank you, friends, uh, for introducing to Puddle Slime. I can only describe it as a uh, slimy and puddles and synth. That's that's a fantastic uh, notion, and you're you're a pretty prolific musician between the two of you playing in projects around the world and around the world, around the city and internationally and intergalactically. Um, what what made you feel like performing this, and what's it like performing? I think a style of music that a lot of people don't actually get to see live. Well, uh, I d didn't exactly intend to play Puddle Slime live ever. But it was really fun, and I think it went well. It's just uh, Jorge of Gems Label asked us to play it a few months back, and I said yes, and I was like, that's kind of a weird thing for a black metal festival. But then again, it's not really a black metal festival anymore. Yeah, tonight's been a real wild ride when it comes to performance. And Winter, you performed last year, right? Yeah, okay, you guys both performed last year. What was it like performing last year? And what was it like performing this year? I think the, the bills evolved this year. So what's it like for you? So I thought it was interesting. I honestly kind of prefer that it's more of a mixed bill this year because there's a little bit of something for everybody. And then last year was all kind of black and death metal. So one thing that was different is this year there was a lot more practicing because the other band's an improv band. So um, it was just playing a couple of sessions. But with this, it was like really had to, like we wrote an album for the show and so, like, it was a lot of practice, and it's been a struggle. I've been very sick the past week. You made it out. You you championed through for the Gems Fest, and you can find that performance live on my YouTube channel. I'll also be sending the audio to you all, so you can use it for wherever you want. Check it out. It's Dr. Gore Wizard Archives. Um, if you're a fan of the podcast, you know where to go, but I'll have it up there. Um, what's next for Puddle Slime? What do you guys want to do with it in the future, and what else do you have going on? Uh, so... Uh with Puddle Slime, I don't necessarily have plans for the future other than to release a live album, which is the recording of tonight. 
And in the future, I'm thinking of bringing back old projects that are dead now. And uh, I'm just not going to do Puddle Slime for a little bit just because I have been releasing a lot of Puddle Slime lately, so I don't want to burn myself out. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, you, you make so much music. You both do. And I have to imagine, like, shifting between styles and preferences is the thing that kind of keeps it fresh um, and keeps you performing. Um, what else is out there that you really think people should be checking out that might have inspired Puddle Slime or any of the other music that you're making right now? Well, uh, so the sole inspiration for Puddle Slime is actually Slime Rancher. Can you tell everybody what Slime Mansion is? Oh, Slime Rancher. It's a, it's a children's game that has a banger soundtrack that everybody should play. It's really happy and fun. Well, this is a big shout-out to Slime Rancher. Uh, Winter, what else is kind of inspiring you and bringing you to the music scene right now? Uh, I guess it's just Rose's passion for the project. Like, um, I'm usually around when she writes and records it, and it's just it's something she really enjoys. And so I'm just so happy to see it turn into a project that other people like too. And so it's just all it's been fun watching all these albums come together and come out. And it's so cool having it finally translate into like a live duo piece. There was one live show before, but it's just it's a lot different this time. And I kind of really like how it's evolved. That's amazing. Yeah, I've, having seen you both perform before, it seems like every time I watch you guys, you get more comfortable on stage. Um, and it's an incredible thing to watch. So, you know, for all those out here that are in Chicago or in the area, continue to support this scene, support the underground music scene, and come to festivals like Gems Fest. You get to meet incredible people like Rose and Winter. You get to see incredible acts like Puddle Slime. And you get to see the incredible acts that I'm going to talk about later on the podcast. So any final words you want to send out to the fans out there? Long live the slime. Slime. <clears throat> Perfect. All right, Charmers, that was another interview with Puddle Slime here at Gems Fest 2023. I'll talk to y'all later. Hello, everyone. I'm here again and yet again with probably my most anticipated interview of this whole festival. I'm joined by Splatterpunk, the soul member behind Satan. Uh, we're duo. There's duo. two of us. Yeah, two of us. All right, Splatterpunk and who's the... Hondosa. And Hondosa. Yeah, and also in Vampirska, correct? He's one of the members in Vampirska, yeah. Fantastic. And you performed last year at Gems Fest in your guys' day, both of debut performances. And I I think I rallied on about that performance for like seven podcasts in a row. I just want to say, genuinely, I hold live music and live performance as one of the most important parts of music. It's how I found my community in, like, in life. And seeing performances like yours last year with a debut performance, I had no idea what to expect. I only knew what I heard on the album, what like random people had talked about on Facebook, and I had no idea what to expect and genuinely was completely blown away. And so the, the first question I wanted to ask you was, what was that like? What was your debut performance like? What was it like getting out on stage as Splatterpunk, as Satan, and uh, performing? Uh, it was fun. I was uh, real sick. So like the whole day, I had a bad migraine. I was like, all right, I got to play this show, and I was kind of dreading it because I helped out for Vampirska with that show and I was like alright here we go time to time to rock I guess and second song in I thought I was going to throw up <laughs> I couldn't breathe and then uh, I came as soon as the show was done I came down here to the basement where you're, we're being interviewed right now and uh, I fell asleep for like 45 minutes and no one knew what was wrong with me I was like I might be dying but everything worked out it was fun I still enjoyed it it was a uh, it helped me out with especially the shows we've done this year so yeah 
And was was that the first time you had performed live as a musician? Had you performed in other projects, or was this really your like full full coming out as a, a live performance artist? Uh, I've done a, I've played a lot since I was little, just okay. guitar stuff, mostly just guitar contests and things like that. And then I've been in small bands and local bands in Nashville, and for just a solo project. Yeah, it was the first time doing anything, but I've played a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I was gonna say because you came on stage with such a intense and like intentional stage performance and like stage presence. I think presence is something that people, a lot of live musicians don't always capture, and both the performance of the music and your aesthetic on stage really capture that. So I had no idea you were sick. Uh, so like that came across, and you've been touring with the Jasons, right? And so you've done a, shows across like the Midwest and kind of area, and how and that's all been leading up to your Gems Fest. So how have those shows been? What's been like the highlight from that kind of experience getting to tour? Well, it's cool because they've toured a lot. They've toured with the Queers. They're on tour with the Queers right now, and I'm on that tour with them. I'm fi- yeah. I'm filling in on guitar, so I flew in for this. But it it's helped me out because I got to learn a little bit from a band who's been touring. And how they do it and how they like conduct themselves, which is nice for someone who's like never really toured. Um, yeah, it's just been a good experience getting to tour with something like that. And we we like them, they like us, and we like playing with bands who aren't necessarily black metal or have anything to do with black metal because that's what we like. We enjoy a lot of music, so it's fun to play with like a pop punk band and then you get some extreme metal band in the same show. We just thought it'd be funny yeah. to see how people would react to it and. The first few shows were a little iffy. Some of the crowds weren't sure because we were in like real small towns, like in Kentucky, and they didn't, were like, "What is this?" They didn't get it. But then we played, we played West Virginia to like basically, I think it was a sold out show at One Two Three Pleasant Street, and that crowd like got it like instantly. I was like, "Okay, cool." So somehow the crossover worked, and now that we have a bit more of the touring experience, we're hoping we can, I guess, use it more going forward and help us out down the road. Hopefully. Yeah, and th- this year's another another night where you're getting that mix. I mean, tonight at Gems Fest, I've talked to I've talked to Jorge, I've talked to Puddle Slime already. Two, and the 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 line between you and Puddle Slime is like to the casual listeners probably like a mile and a half apart. But you know the the interconnectedness, the community, the kind of the aesthetic, the the drive of just having a good fucking time bleeds through. But I think I would be remiss as you mentioned your uh, your your style of black metal or however you want to refer to it using like horror punk and those kind of jumpier elements is something that I always felt really refreshing refreshing for the scene, especially in the US black metal scene. Um, so what were kind of the things that drew you to kind of make that combination with Satan and bring those two sounds together? Yeah, so I was a uh when I started the project, I kind of just wanted to... My brain thought, let's combine, like, J-rock and just Japanese rock music with black metal. But eventually it started changing where I wanted to put more of my punk influence in and even some hardcore, even though I don't listen to much hardcore, but I just wanted to... I wanted, like, some of those elements in there. And I, I guess I realized there's so many bands who do a lot of... Not the same stuff, but there's a lot of bands who kind of tread on the second wave yeah. and I'm like alright that's cool but I was like I don't want to sound like that because there's already bands doing it and I thought if there's breakdowns and punk parts and you got the moshy parts but you still have like the extreme stuff there and then the horror elements I thought it would stand out a little bit and I, th- I think it has in some way and I think people have enjoyed it but it's still something that I think is weird because it's not necessarily like straight black metal mm-hmm. though I think we're leaning more into being just a black metal band now because we kind of just thought there shouldn't be rules to it anyway so we'll just say we're black metal and 
let people decide what they think about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's what's really great about it. A lot of the black metal that I try to find these days, because so much of it relies on the same kind of things, is like very unique stuff. Like anything that like Grimestone Records releases, doing like absolutely insane shit. I'm rocking my curtain wall shirt right now. Uh, this whole night's kind of that kind of combination vibe. And I think it's something that is refreshing. I mean, the original conversation that I came across your band in was because there was like three elitist dudes having an argument about US black metal and someone was like oh at least you don't sound like fucking satan and i was like that guy's angry and he seems like a dick the thing he hates i'm gonna listen to it right now and i felt deeply in love um the other thing that really drew me to your music was your uh, inclusion of like japanese folklore and stories and i was curious like is, did, where does that come from for you do you have like a, a passion for that or do you have a connection to it like where does that come from i've always like i've tried to figure out where that came from i think because like i've always liked it i've always like i guess japanese stuff but mostly just even like asian like folklore and horror and i think it came from just liking like video games like metal gear solid oh, yeah. and even hundo he, he's like a big tekken mark okay. and he yeah. loves tekken and games like that and i'm like okay like it has to come from there and then i started realizing oh i like all this japanese horror stuff mm -hmm. like the video games and the older i got the more i started like diving into like just history of that type of stuff because where I'm from in Tennessee, we have a lot of folk war in terms like everywhere in America does yeah. with ghosts. And the last album was about the Bell Witch, which mm -hmm. is just down the road from where I live. And I was like, hey, most of this stuff kind of works together because every like every country and every like, I guess, group of people has some sort of folk war that's similar to another. I was like, I think I can draw those together and make something out of it. But. I don't really know what why like the Japanese stuff is what I was like really got drawn into it. I think it's just something from being a kid thinking it was cool to like Japan, I guess. Yeah, yeah I mean, it is. It's an incredibly rich aspect of art and media in general. I mean, the, a big part of our podcast for the last couple of years has been working with our co-host, Monty, who's from who's Taiwanese and from Ta and from China and has this deep lore and deep connection. Now it's like all tying together. Yeah. I mean, sharing sharing your music has helped draw friends of mine who have that interest into black metal and into this kind of punk sound. And it's really fucking awesome. All right. What I can hear upstairs is some shit about to go down um so before your performance tonight it's gonna be fucking amazing i'm so excited um i'll take some videos of it just for my own edification and i'll put them up on my uh youtube channel for those out there who missed the show um there's anything else out there you want to shout out for the for the podcast and if there's any chance that people are going to see you again in the future anything that's coming up what's going on yeah we'll have some stuff to share at some point soon i can't say exactly when there's a there's a big story that me and uh, Hundo have to share at some point in the next few months that'll be kind of funny, kind of not funny, but we'll get into that at some other point. We're hoping to have a lot of shows next year and uh, have more music, I guess. We, we, we need more music out there. But right now, we're kind of just focused on getting the show done and then getting the year finished and see where all that goes. But yeah, I guess shout out to Jim's label for holding this festival and uh, thanks for interviewing me. This is cool. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you so much, Splatterpunk. We really appreciate it here on Fourth Times of Charm. Shout out to Gems. Shout out to Live Music. Shout out to fucking supporting the underground and keep doing what you're doing. Thanks so much. Hi, everybody. This is Matt for Fourth Times of Charm. My mind was just fucking blown by a performance of black metal musicry intensity. I think they, there was surf rock riffs. There was like medieval black metal riffs. There was power metal moments there's dungeon synth moments i haven't been as blown away by a live performance since i saw red horn gate a few weeks ago um this is fucking amazing 
I'm here with the band. How do you say your name again? Wait. Basil Vat. You guys can find them. They're from, um, they're from Flint, Michigan. I'm going to let them all introduce themselves. Tell me who you are and what you play in the band. My name is Declan. I play the guitar in the Basil Vat. I'm Max. I also play guitar in Basil Vat. My name is Lord Pipe. I do vocals and keyboard. I'm David. I go by Grim Gob in the band and I pluck the bass. My name is Garvin. I play drums. So these fine gentlemen play a very unique style of black metal that brings together a bunch of different styles. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious, like, where those different inspirations come from. I don't know, like, who, how you guys write your music, who comes up with the riffs. Like, what is, what is the impetus behind, like, this kind of, like, real amalgam of sound and beauty? The sound is about, uh, true, is about true black metal and, uh, you know, it's about true black metal and uh, whatnot, you know, uh, uh, so like what what kind of bands inspire like what kind of what kind of like inspire because you played riffs across like multiple styles and genres tonight especially in your solos and including your vocal delivery and your drum all of the instrumentation like span things like what kind of like brings you here right so uh we'd basically listen to like whatever we just listen to whatever but we listen to a lot of uh epic heavy metal like uh epic black metal like sacramentum and winder and uh Kruikon and uh stuff like that and uh, some Fuck. psychedelic stuff as well. Hell yeah, man. A lot of jazz stuff too. We li we like jazz and like rock and roll too. Like, there's like a whole lot of different kind of music. Declan writes like all the ri he writes all the riffs. Period. So it's like whatever he likes and stuff, he just puts it into songs. You know. Hell yeah. Well, I can say Declan might write all the riffs, but you guys really bring it together in a fucking live show. Have you guys performed live before? Many times? Okay. We, just, we just went on we went on tour uh, a couple weeks ago. We did like East Coast cities. Uh, so yeah, yeah, we just did that. Fuck yeah. So these guys are out there touring. If you're out there listening to Black Metal and trying to find good fucking music, please give these guys a listen. Follow them up. I took a video of your guys' set uh, of one of your songs. I'll put it up on my YouTube and share it over on the podcast. We'd love to have you guys on the on a episode one day for a full interview with the whole band. Um, thank you guys. Let's all go watch fucking Satan. Um, have a good night. Shout out to Gems Fest. Shout out to you guys. Thank you so much.